Okay. John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being by Him, and apart from Him nothing came into being that has come into being. And and in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. The, the darkness is, is Satan himself. And in the beginning, he, did, he didn't comprehend it. He still doesn't comprehend it because he was a liar from the beginning. And the Lord says, the truth will set you free. So he still... He still doesn't get it, but he does understand it to some degree. And he does understand that for whatever reason, everything that happens is through the spoken word of God. So his main intent is to disrupt that in some way. And that's where we as Christians really don't get it. We read it, but we don't get it. For the most part. If we did, we would, just like we talked about last week in Mark, the signs would accompany us. And it would be the norm instead of the rarity. Um, We will get it. It's just going to take somebody to grab a hold of it in this this generation. It is way more... It's so simple, but yet it's not. Our spoken word, unless it is piggybacked with Christ, it doesn't carry the power of Christ. And that's... And that's what I want to get into a little bit with, with, with the Word. We read the, I have read it cover to cover. The time I read it cover to cover, that was my goal, was to read it cover to cover. How much did I get out of it, do you think, when I read it that time cover to cover? Not much. Not much. <laughs> because I just read it to read it. Yeah, there are so many symbolisms in in the Old Testament. For for instance, one of the why do you think one of the reasons why they chose some animals as clean and some animals as unclean? For one reason, what's a criteria for a clean animal in the Old Testament? Split hoof. Split hoof, and it had to chew the cud. Mm-hmm. Well, that all that means is regurgitate, chew it, and swallow it again. There you go. What do you think that was an idiom Symbol, of? Yeah, symbolism for us to... For oh, this word, right? Word, we chew on it. Right. We, we don't read it cover to cover. We read it and then we meditate. We, we bring it back up. And that's what makes it alive. That's, that's when it becomes powerful. 
you can have a minister who's been to seminary, knows it cover to cover, and has been taught how to do a what I call a canned sermon, say on salvation. And if he has got into the groove of just going through the ritual every Sunday just to give one of those sermons that he's been taught to give in seminary, he can get up and do a very eloquent job of that. But if Christ isn't in it, I mean, just he could very well happens, and it happens all the time. A minister will get up and preach something, just put it together with his PowerPoint, did a very good job, but he gets up and just reads it, basically. And there's no response from the congregation. Some man that, that just had a meeting with God, a personal meeting that has just changed his whole life, could get up and read his PowerPoint after being in the presence of God and have that life-changing experience, and I guarantee you he would move the people. Because piggybacked in his word has been the attachment of the presence of God. You know, you can... You can put on, and, and I do this sometimes. I'll put on when I go to sleep sometimes, somebody just reading scripture. But it's some actor paid to, to recite that. And very often, it's, it's better than listening to garbage without, without any doubt. But most of the time, I can't tell you what, it, what even passage they even read. But I know a man of God would read it that's been in the presence of God, and I would be moved by it. Spoken word isn't just spoken word when it comes to Christ. Christ is the word. That's what John said. He was, he was the creativity part of God. The spoken word of God created the universe. That spoken word of God that created the universe became man and dwelt among us. Now there again, typical Adamic nature. How many people do we know in Christianity who still see Jesus hanging on the cross? Paul says, we knew him once in the flesh, but we know him that way no more. He is a resurrected, changed thing. He, he is deity. He's, he, he, he was here for 33 years, and that was it. I think 33. No, 30. Was it 30? 30. Was he 30 years? 33. Was he 33? Yeah. Was it 33? Oh, he started his ministry at 30, right? So, yeah, 33. It's, we, we have to, and, and that's the key to all this that, that God has given us is the Word. And that's, what, that's why the, the Satan wars against it. That's why... We're not moving in miracles and doing those kind of things because we're not pursuing this like we should. And I'm not talking about just reading the Word. I'm talking about how we pray. The whole nine has to be attached with the living Word of God before it to be powerful. Now, again, even Jesus says, no one knows the exact time of the end time. Jesus says only the Father knows. 
I believe, like I, we've talked about before, God doesn't live in time. When He decides it's time for the end time, it may be somewhere on our timeline. It will be somewhere on our timeline. But to Him, that doesn't exist. He is waiting for someone to appropriate the end time. He's waiting for a generation to grab a hold of it. See? The war He's is over the war is over the word. The, the darkness the darkness has tried to put dark on the light and it ain't gonna happen. <laughs> what, did you need to reset it or something? Right behind you. Just uh We're on the shelf. Oh I see it. Okay. And keep it by you. Click right above. Yeah, it's it's um, uh, there we are. Keep it there there is he he is waiting for, for somebody to like that like that parable says, I don't need no stinking lie. <laughs> what is wrong with that? <laughs> it's wrong. to be smarter than the remote. <laughs> that I'm not. Well, it's just, I don't know. Somebody uh while I finish talking here, somebody go to Jeremiah fifteen sixteen. There have been a few men of God over the centuries who've got a hold of this thing and really run with it. Jeremiah's one of them. Somebody read Jeremiah 15, 16. When your words came, I ate them. They were not my joy. They were my joy, excuse me. They were my heart's delight, for I bear your name, O Lord God Almighty. I mean, isn't that odd? To say it that way. Um, Ezekiel. Somebody go to Ezekiel 3, 1 through 3. <laughs> Your turn. Yeah. This is the one I'm hitting. <laughs> Ezekiel 3, is it? Yeah, Ezekiel 3, 1 through 3. Don't make Sean read it all. Then he said to me, Son of man, eat what you find, eat this scroll, and go. Speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he fed me this scroll. He said to me, Son of man, feed your stomach and fill your body with this scroll, which I am giving to you. Then I ate, then I ate it, and it was sweet as honey in my mouth. Okay. Uh, Revelation. One more. Revelation. Uh, where the heck was it at? Oh, it's the white horse. Is that is that nineteen? I can't remember the white horse. Somebody help me find it. <laughs> You're gonna burn the house down here. It's talking about the the white horse. Ah, where was it? I thought it was towards the towards the end. Try it. What does it say? And I saw heaven open, 
and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and wages war. Keep going. His eyes are a flame, are a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems, diadems. crowns, kind of, and he has names written on him which no one knows except himself. He is clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. There we go. There's with these two prophets and in, in this right here. Lord's indicating that the word is more than just a word. It's got substance to it. And and what did the what did the Lord say to uh, say to Satan when he said when he was hungry during his temptation? He said, "You, if you're God, turn these stones into bread." And what was his response? Doesn't live by bread alone, but but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. This isn't just symbolism. There, there's substance to this. God spoke the universe into existence out of nothing. And He has given us His authority. The, the centurion was not an Israelite. And he says, Sir, he, was it his servant? Heal my servant? Mm-hmm. He says, Well, I'll go with you right now. He goes, No, 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 no. I'm not fit to have you under my roof. But I understand authority. Just speak the word. That blew the Lord's mind. He says, I haven't seen faith like that in all Israel. So, so this guy had a handle on it. And his servant was healed at that very moment he spoke the word. Um, Joshua 1.8 now, if this is one of those that you need to uh, read and read Josh, Joshua and, and just really assimilate his life. I mean, anytime Moses went into the presence of God, Joshua was there. He was just hanging out. And when, uh, when he took over command, he understood. The word of God, he had heard it, he understood it, and he lived by it. Someone read Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Here's the Lord's talking to Joshua. He's getting ready to go into Canaan, the land of the giants except they were never looked at as giants by Joshua. When Moses sent out the original 12 spies, 10 of them came back and said, we're grasshoppers in their eyes. Or, and they, Joshua came and go, what the heck are you talking about, man? Where have you been? 
This is for the taking. They had a whole different perspective because they were living with the Word of God. And what what is God instructing them? He's getting ready to go fight 39 different nations in Canaan. Bad people. There's total destruction. He annihilates them all. He's not talking to God about strategy. He's not talking about God, how he should assemble his army. God is telling him, just put the law and meditate on it. I'll take care of the rest. That's, doesn't that seem a little odd? You're getting ready to go into a land and you're going you're gonna to go over, overthrow 39 different nations. And God's telling you, meditate on the word. There's power in that. And what did they do? Their first, their first thing that they did was Jericho. They didn't say a word. They just marched around it seven days. I think seven days. Seven days? I think you're right. Seven days. And they released the word of God. The word of God was, Whoa! whatever they were saying. And the walls fell flat down and they walked in. If I'm not mistaken, he never commanded them to go look to spy out the lands. Anyways. No, he, he didn't. Commanded yep. them go and take these lands. Yep, he did not and mess they around. Went and spied and they came back saying, "Oh, they're too big for us." Same guy was running out of daylight. He spoke a word and the sun stood. You know what they have? Astro astrama is how do you say it? Astro astronomy. In astronomy, they I think they have proved that the sun stood still for I forget how many hours in a certain time in astrology. And Joshua did that. He spoke to the sun to stand still so they could win that battle. A spoken word. That wasn't Joshua's word. Yes, he spoke it, but it it had the presence of God piggybacked on it, and it became something different. It It was creative and powerful. Uh, Joshua, Simpson, and Joshua, Joshua, uh, Joshua 1 5. What did the Lord say? No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Not one man will stand before you. This was this was a man of God who understood the law. The Lord's telling him to meditate on it. Don't change anything you've been doing this last forty years. Keep doing what you're doing. No one will stand. No one did. Thirty nine fell. Thirty nine nations. Um. Oh yeah, there it was. That was night. Did we read Revelation nineteen eleven? Yes. That's what it was, right? Yep. I I found it on my notes on down here now. Uh, something else you'll find when that word is really piggybacked with the word of God you are really going to ruffle feathers you read about Jeremiah you can read about Jeremiah Jeremiah 38 1-6 he was thrown into a pit the men of Jerusalem didn't like what he was saying they threw him in a pit um Peter says in, in, in 4.3 that you, that you are to speak oracles of God. 
That, that's like God's own mouthpiece. That's the way that translates. There was more than just preaching with these guys. As a matter of fact, Paul says, I didn't come with basically fancy sermons, PowerPoints. I came with the power of God. I bet if you heard Paul preach, you wouldn't hear anything eloquent out of his mouth. But it was very pointed and directed. And he, he made people mad everywhere he went. And you know what? This day and age is going to be the very same. I read an article this week. There was a church publication back in the 80s. I forgot what it, which one it was. They did, a, they did a study in 1980. They sent this questionnaire out to all the prominent denominations of the time. One of the questions was, do you believe in the deity of Jesus Christ? They had, I forget, thousands, 7,000 some ministers respond, and they gave the percentages. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find that, that study and read them to you because it's going to blow your mind. How many, do you, how many of you believe in the deity of Jesus? Those pastors that wrote back... The Lutherans were in the 40 or 50 percent no. Methodists, same thing. Baptist, the same thing. Another one of the questions was, do you believe in the virgin birth? I think the, the averages even went up. That is a perfect picture of nothing but Pharisees right there, folks. It's the same day. It's the same thing, different day. And when we start speaking the truth, those are the people that we're going to anger. They're the ones who are going to want to eat us for lunch, along with Herod's and everybody else. They're all the same. Jesus said, you're of your father. And those Jews said, what are you talking about? We're direct descendants of Abraham. Jesus was response. You're of your father, the devil. When you are confronted with a true word spoken by a man of God, and that's where you're going to hear this from. Jesus isn't going to show up on the street on his soapbox and preach in this last time. He's preaching through men of God. And those men of God are going to continue to grow and transform into his image. And he also says, and they didn't receive my word, so don't think they're going to receive yours because I'm sending you. Nothing changes. Now we did read the parables that Jesus talks about in the end days, how the plowman's going to overtake the sower and, and those kind of things. So I believe in this last time, we've kind of... It, it's it's weird. It's almost like there's a wave that's just pushing on us right now. And we're all up against this wave. But pretty soon we're gonna we're gonna understand it in this last time and we're gonna dive under it. And that big wave is gonna come up and we're gonna come on the other side and we're gonna see men of God moving beyond anything we read here. It has to be. 
to accomplish what the Lord wants to accomplish in, accomplish in this end day, we have to move beyond where they were going to move. Now, there's that other parable. How are we going to look at it? How am I going to... I've basically been leading this Bible study. But what happens when a Ben Jones comes in and God gives him a revelation that just blows me away and is above anything that God's given me? How do I respond to that? I've been a Christian for 20-some years. I'm not going to turn this over to this kid who's been a Christian for three months. Am I going to respond like the parable in the vineyard? Where he gave him one denarii at 6 a.m. And the one that come in just as they were finishing up, he gave him one denarii. Am I going to respond like all the others that started early? And say, what the heck? How come he's making the same amount of money as me? I've been here all day. I look forward to it. It excites me. Because the world, even the church world, looks at it that way. Most of them think you've got to go to seminary. You have to be educated in the Word. They have to tell you what this means. How else could you preach it? When the Lord looked over and saw these two fishermen out here probably cussing because they weren't catching any fish, and He says, follow me. Those ended up being martyred for God. They turned the world upside down. It's the common man that's going to do this. It's the men in this room right here that's going to do that. That are just going to find a way, have the tenacity to actually approach God and say, no, 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 no. You said this. You can't go back on your word. This says you can't go back on your... Can you imagine talking to God like that? Almost sounds sacrilegious, right? Moses did it. Moses said, God said, get out of my way. I'm going to kill your people. They're down there. They made a molten calf. He goes, oh, 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 hold on. No, 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 no. You repent because you're the one who brought them out. We can't have the Egyptians say you brought them out to do evil. Guess what God did? He repented. Moses changed God's mind. We, we look at things so goofy. I mean, we, we have made an image of God in our own mind, and it's not real. He's looking for somebody that he's looking for somebody to grab a hold of him and wrestle him all freaking night long, and, and says, "It's daylight. Let me go." And he said, "I ain't letting you go till you bless me." Is that sacrilegious? Jacob did it, and he changed his name that very moment to Israel. And you know, and you know what? He made a monument, Jacob did, of that place. I forget the name of it in Hebrew. But it says, I have seen the face of God and lived. That's what he's after. That kind of people. Uh, here I blew it all up again. <laughs> it's, this, is, this has been a rough week. We talked about fasting and stuff last week, and, and I've done that this week. And I, I, I've never really understood fasting to a great degree, except it's something I should do. And what I got out of it this week was, and, and what was weird is, I never felt physically weak. Physically, I didn't feel weak this week, fasting. Where I felt weak was in my spirit. 
I felt just beat up all week long. And the Lord kind of finished it up with uh, in your weakness I make you strong. So that's what I got out of that. Don't look at each of each one of you in this room. Don't ever look at each other ever again in the flesh. We know each other real well. We're all family for the most part. All of us are family. Riley's even family. So we know each of our downfalls and all that. That's that, that's why the that's why the Lord says you're never you're never welcome in your in your own city because they know you they know all your traits they know all those kind of things. God's going to move in each of us, no matter what our weaknesses are. Whatever Stephen's weakness is, that's what the Lord's going to make strong. He's going to make him move in some area that I can't. Because that's what the body ministry is. And it's all going to come from the Word of God. It's going to be this war over this spoken word. When God starts manifesting Him stuff, and we really get into this thing, and we really start speaking the Word of God, prophesying over each other, mountains are going to be moved. Our walk with God is going to exponentially explode. We are going to see these signs that we're talking about in Mark. If I lay my hands on my dad and he doesn't instantly get healed like he should, do I throw in the towel or do I lie about it? No, I just go pray again tomorrow until we get this thing right. That's what we do. Well, once we start getting it right and we start getting that, that feeling of God coursing through our veins, that's when we're going to turn the world upside down. And it's not going to be the norm. It's not going to be what we've seen in church for 2,000 years. It's going to be what we started seeing in the New Testament. We're going to see the Elijahs come forth and say, Ahab, you spoke wrong about God. Now it's not going to rain on you for three and a half years. Deal with that, Bubba, and walk off. And then three and a half years later, you okay? You learned your lesson? All right, let it rain. Word of God. He sent 50 soldiers to kill Elijah three different times. And I think he, he spoke to the Lord and fire came down and consumed them. Every, the third one went out. He was on his knees praying, please don't let God kill us, if I remember the story right. But Elijah knew the Word of God. There was a whirlwind. All kinds of chaos. He's in that cave and he heard he he knew the word of God and he heard the still small voice. Out of all that chaos, he was able to decipher the word of God. That's what we have to strive for. That's what we have to push for is to know the word of God. Don't think he's gonna stand on the corner. I'm not saying he won't. Because as soon as I say that, he'll be out here. What'd you tell him that for? And then I'll be on my face, shaking on the ground. But for the most part, he's not going to work like that. He's going to work through the brothers. And I will recognize Christ in Steve when he prophesies. I'll recognize him in Melissa. I'll recognize him in Melinda, Billy, whoever. That's the way this thing's going to be. 
As a matter of fact, I've asked Billy if he will uh, lead Bible study next week because it's time other people start getting involved in this thing and start. That's 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 how you get to know him. You take on the responsibility of the kingdom. And I don't care if you if he's ever done it before or not. Another time it's going to be somebody else. Sean's going to bring the word pretty soon. I haven't asked him to do it because I look at him as the elder in this thing. So we're going to get these young pups involved, get them moving and shaking because that's what God wants. That's she's wanting to make disciples. And when you start going down that road and you start taking on that responsibility and, and, and instead of letting somebody else feed you, you start eating that scroll. You start assimilating and you start bringing it back up and, and really focusing on it because now you're carrying the responsibility for your brothers and sisters because you, you're going to bring them some food. It's, it's equal opportunity in the kingdom. <laughs> that reminds me of some scripture in Isaiah. Isaiah forty two sixteen says, I will lead the blind by the ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them. I will make rough places smooth. What he's saying there, he's not talking about just leading blind people to where they hit. He's talking about us, about kind of what, you, what your dad's saying is, I'm not ready for this. Well, if you if you dive into this a bit more and pray about next week leading this, that's what he's going he's gonna to lead you. He's going to lead. He's, you're going to be... Speaking things that you're like I told you that one time when you pray to the Holy Spirit You'll be speaking things that you don't even realize. You're, oh my goodness. That's coming from me. That's pretty amazing So it's all about just focus on him and focus on the uh, Holy Spirit have him guide you Look look for the words from him. I, I, I Love this passage and the whole time Bill was talking it kept reminding me of this that he's gonna lead the blind which is me by the ways that I've never even known. You know, and I'm being led almost every day by this. It's, it's pretty amazing. It, 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 it's, it's not Harry Potter, guys. It's going to happen. Yeah. It is going to happen. These things, what we call supernatural or natural in, this, in God's realm. It's, it's nothing super for Him. We look at it as super because it breaks every physical law that we know. And that we observe. I mean, how can someone speak to someone and they're immediately healed? The, the, the Lord didn't even, half the time he didn't even say it like that. He, he'd look at them and say, take up your bed and walk. Mm-hmm. Now, th- now think of that. Somebody's been paralyzed for 20 some years. Paralyzed. Can't walk. And somebody tells you, take up your bed. There had to be something in that word to give that man the faith to just stand up after laying down for 20-some years. I mean, most people would, would want to go, well, I, am I feeling anything? I, you know, I got... They jumped up and was leaping, enjoying and praising God. So that spoken word, when he said, take up your bed, had something in it that grabbed a hold of him and moved his thinking beyond normal. Any normal person been bedridden for 30 years, 20 years, wouldn't automatically just jump up. No. That's awesome. And he did that often. 
and, and, and then he would do other things that, that were just, you're going, what? Spit in the mud, rubbed it on his eye, and told him to go wash. He's, he's got to stumble through the city. He's blind. Find the go find the pool of Shalom. I didn't know how far it was. But there had to be, yeah, he had never seen it. Mm-hmm. So, so you just, there's something attached with that, that that gives you faith. You know, uh, one of the disciples said, help my, help, help my little faith or help my unbelief or whatever it was. That's what God does. We worry about having faith. That's an imparted gift with everything else. When he speaks that word, or when a brother speaks that word and it's from God, he can impart that faith to you at the same time. You know, people, people say, well, he didn't have faith, that's why he wasn't healed. No, there wasn't a spoken word of God that was spoken to him. If there was a real spoken word of God, that would have activated the faith within him, and he would have been healed just like Jesus did it, just like Apostle Paul did it, just like Elisha and Elijah did it. They all did it. I, I have prayed over people a million times to be healed, and none of them have been healed. But by God, there is going to be a day that it's going to happen. I'm not going to stop till it does. And when it does, it's going to be leaping and joying, and then I can say, that's what God does. This other stuff that didn't happen, that was me. This was God. And it's obvious. And those kind of things are what's going to bring people into the kingdom. That's what brought it. That's what... what what had a, a big following then. Now I understand after a while Jesus is doing all these miracles. They're following to get what they could get. I understand that, but there still was a remnant that got the real part of it. But they were they noticed it because of what Christ was doing. They noticed it because of what the apostles were doing. Upsetting whole synagogues. They knew the whole Sanhedrin was after them to kill them. They knew that these guys we're the real deal. And it's going to be that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God says they're going to hate you because they hated me. So get ready for it. When you really start speaking the, the, the Word of God that's got the, the power and the DNA of God attached to it, you're going to freak Satan out because he knows once you get a hold of that little secret... And you start passing God's DNA out of your voice, your mouthpiece is like Him speaking it. He's only got so many demons, so many devils. And he, and think about it, guys. You, you know, the devil's good. And for any of us to think that we can outmaneuver Him, you're a fool. The only way that will ever happen is with the wisdom of God. With Christ. That's the only way it happens. That's why it's got to be a true spoken word of God. If it's out of you, he's going to smoke you every single time. But the caveat to that is, he's got so many fallen angels, so many demons, whatever those are, attached to his little charade. But he is not God. He is not omnipresent. He's not omniscient. They're all liars. They're all scoundrels. So they're all in it for themselves. So they're not all, you know... He doesn't know everything they're doing all the time. It, it's pretty easy if you work out the wisdom of God to go ahead and defeat this and his foe in the end time. All we got to do is stay in it. And there's only a limited amount. We start casting out demons. Pretty soon, there's not going to be any more to cast out. 
And he says, when he comes back, there's one foe left. One foe left. All of the other enemies are made his footstool. That's what the Bible says. He's not coming back till they've made all of his enemies a, 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 a footstool under his feet except one. And we get to watch him grab that one. That's going to be cool. Amen. Amen. That's it. Amen. <laughs> Anybody else got anything? Questions? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think we need to take uh, that guy way down there and bring him up here and let it be. Let it get the, the whole. Pray for him? Yes. All right. You just got out of surgery. You need that. You need some. You need some relief for that anyway. And we're going to bless you to bring the word next week. How's that?